What's going on, Hangout Gang? Hope everybody had a good weekend and is ready to go back to work Monday. You know, had a good Thanksgiving, spent a lot of time with family and friends, and got all the good things in order. All right. As you can see, Bitcoin's making a little move. Uh, I made a little move. I think it was Thursday or Friday. Went up towards uh, 37,000. Uh, we're going to take a look at that uh, here in a second. Um, we're going to get into these crypto bubbles real quick and look at the Bitcoin chart. Then I got a little bit of news for you guys with a couple of video clips. And uh, as always, we read the news on the live uh, broadcast. We read the news uh, together. Um, so I don't pre-read the news. We'll, we'll read it together and then we'll, you know, go from there. And I'll play a few video clips that I have for you guys um, that coincides with that, uh, with the news and uh, the video clips and then we'll go from there. All right. So let's go ahead and get into a look at these crypto bubbles real quick. As you can see, the uh, market is pretty much red. Uh, this is the daily that we're looking at right now. As you can see, the market's pretty much red. Uh, only lunacy axie axs rlb you know has considerable amount of green 17.6 percent lunacy 27.2 percent and then you have uh, a little smaller percentage with maker rlb link flow uh, adam gala xan rose we mix etc all right so that's on the daily you look at the hourly bubbles and it's even more red so the market's moving downwards a little bit as you can see here we have the Bitcoin chart. This is the four-hour chart. As you can see, Bitcoin came up here towards 37,000. It went above it briefly to 38,000. It came back down, and 37,000 is acting as resistance. The 37,802 is acting, uh, $802 is acting as resistance for it right now. As you can see, that downward trend line, um, you know, it broke through that downward trend line. You have that run-up right there, right? And it's falling back down. As you can see, it came back down to the 50. And it's touching the 50 and see what it's doing on the 50. It is, don't have too big of a green candle that's coming in the show. As you can see, it's not a lot of greens, a lot of selling pressure, it looks like. Uh, let's look at the hour chart to get a better look. As you can see, boom, fell below 37,800. And uh, that's currently where it's sitting at $37,472. Look at the daily. This is what the daily chart looks like. It's like a pennant, you know, bull pennant, whatnot. You can see it come up here, touch that uh, resistance, that ceiling, and, you know, fall back down. 21 right here. Uh, it's pulled away significantly from the 50 and the uh, 80 and the 100, which uh, this is good. You see price action going. This is daily now, but it's overbought, so it needs to come back down. RSI needs to come down to the 35 level for it to make a uh, next leg up. Look at that weekly, and as you can see, all this green so you have one two three four five six seven green candles all right seven green candles all right and he comes up here hits that resistance and look up here it's in oversold territory right oversold territory so it needs to fall back down so i suspect it you know it could go just you just have to see you just have to see normally uh sunday sunday is when it makes this move but it doesn't like it's made a move uh as of yet so but as you can see right here, you have that 21 crossing that 50, uh, the 200, I'm sorry, 21 crossing the 200 on the weekly. And if that crosses and it brings that 50 uh, along with it, and you have that golden cross, then you can see a considerable uh, amount of movement in Bitcoin. 
which uh, I do expect to see 41,000, um, 41K Bitcoin before I eventually see a 90% sell-off. Uh, that is just my opinion. It's not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but that is um, just my opinion, okay? And um, so, now, let's get into some news, right? So, we have CZ sentence, right? When will Binance founder CZ be sent, uh, CZ Ping Zhao discover his fate? So when will, he, when will he discover his fate? Let's go ahead and read this article. It says, former CEO of Binance resigned and pleaded guilty to violating criminal U.S. anti-money laundering regulations in a move aimed at securing the company's ongoing operations. The details of the settlement involved beyond... Uh, involved Binance agreeing to pay $4.3 billion in penalties, marking one of the largest fines in corporate history. Additionally, as part of a three-count indictment for money laundering, CEO uh, CZ will personally pay $50 million. Like, come on now. Like, shit, $50 million? Not only do I have to step down from the company that I started and, and you drag my name through the mud, and you do all these things, but I have to pay fifty mil, a fifty a, a, a fifty mil ticket. That's wild. That is crazy. Um, remorseful CEO awaits sentencing in February, so he's not going to be sentenced until February, which you know the government does that to make you sit there and have to wait and, and you know torture you. It's pretty much what it is. It's pretty much torture having to sit there and wait for the. Uh, sentencing phase of, of your sentence and whatnot so it says right here during a court hearing magistrate uh, judge brian i can't even say that name shouter said cz sentencing for february 23rd although there's a possibility that this day could be subject to postponement cz conveyed remorse during the proceedings expressing a desire to take responsibility and move forward he stated I want to take responsibility and close this chapter in my life. I want to come back. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. According to guidelines, CZ could potentially face a sentence ranging up to 18 months for the charges he's pleading guilty to. This agreement marks the conclusion of extensive investigations into Binance founded by CZ in 2017. The company has evolved into a pivotal hub within the global cryptocurrency market. Despite this initial... Uh, <laughs> Well, that, yeah, a global, uh, a pivotal hub, that's an understatement. I mean, that that's a big-time understatement because it is the hub. I mean, it's you have Coinbase and you have uh, Binance. That's all that you have. So, I mean, like, <laughs> you might as well say the premier because everybody else is trying to copy them, you know? So, back to the article. Despite its initial market share growth, following the demise of FTX, one of its key offshore competitors last year, Binance has been under the shadow of a persistent criminal probe, which has lingered despite its ongoing success in the market. According to Matrix, Matrix Port and analyst Marcus Thielen, the settlement represents a highly favorable outcome for CZ and Binance. With CZ releasing his role and the fine being lower than the initially speculated $10 billion, wow. They wanted to find him $10 billion. Man, they crazy. They got to be crazy. Ain't no way in hell. $10 billion. Binance is expected to maintain its position as one of the three top exchanges for the next two to three years. 
Thielen anticipated that other exchanges would strengthen their compliance measures and join monitoring sharing agreements, which could in turn facilitate the approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs in the United States. CZ's DOJ plea deal leaves room for doubt. Um, crypto, so crypto legal expert David Les, uh, Lesperance told CNN that the Department of Justice's decision to agree to a plea deal instead of pursuing charges raises the question about whether they had substantial doubts regarding the strength of their case against CZ. So they went for a plea deal, right? So, so instead of them pursuing the charges, they just, they went, they, they agreed to the plea deal, which the plea deal, which it was like supposedly uh, money laundering, anti-money laundering laws, which he really didn't do anything wrong, which they said he tried to, uh, he allowed, you know, Hamas and the IRA, uh, Iran National Guard or whatever to use his exchange to buy cryptocurrency. But come on, man, let's be real. Um, how did they know it wasn't every uh, regular Iranians that was buying it? They have no idea. They're just saying that, in, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions, which we'll get to this later on, that this is just a play by BlackRock and the uh, World Economic Forum to get CZ out of the way because he's not playing ball. Uh, the, the way they want him to play ball, okay? He just, he, he's, he's not part of the game. He's not part of the club, all right? So, uh, and, and there's some evidence for this. And so when you see his replacement, which we're going to get into this here later, a little later on, you'll understand why some of this stuff comes up, okay? All right, so now we'll, um, let's get back to the article. All right, legal expert David Leverspence told CCN that the Department of Justice's decision to agree to a plea deal instead of pursuing charges raises questions about whether they had substantial doubts regarding the strength of their case against CZ. This observation implies that the plea deal might indicate a strategic move by the DOJ, possibly influenced by uncertainties or challenges they anticipated in prosecuting the case against CZ Zhao. And this is what he commented right here. He says, another interesting point is that the court allowed CZ to return to the UAE. Whether CZ is given prison time or a probation like Arthur Hayes will be determined in six months. However, even if sentenced to prison, it will be a minimum, it will be in a minimum security federal penitentiary, not the maximum security that SBF will be spending time in the future. Lesperance is obviously on the right path since the judge acknowledged that everyone has he has released has faced some flight risk, even those even those facing more severe consequences. The judge also noted that the defendant had voluntarily appeared in court despite not being required to do so, indicating their intent to cooperate with the case rather than flee. Therefore, he granted the defendant permission to reside in the UAE, provided they maintain a fixed residence and notify their lawyers of any charges. So, man, that's slick right there. That's slick how the prosecutor you know, was trying to, act, trying to get him to... Uh, Trying to say, you know, he's a flight risk, asking for him to be, uh, you know, to be detained here or not be able to go back to the UAE. I'm glad that judge saw through that BS, that book, you know, that BS, because that was BS, man. You know, it's funny how the system tries to play you and what they try to do, how they try to really stick it to you once they feel like they got you and stuff. The resolution, in fact, bears similarities to the previous case involving the exact Big Mix. In that case, the former CEO, Arthur Hayes, pleaded guilty to violating anti-money laundering laws, anti laundering laws and was sub subsequently sentenced to two years of probation, thereby avoiding a potential prison term of 6 to 12 months. It will be interesting to see how this saga will evolve. Zhao will be residing in the, in the UAE, which does not have a mutual extradition treaty with the U.S. 
However, there's a treaty signed last year between the two countries that enhances the sharing of law enforcement evidence. This legal context adds a layer of complexity to a potential extradition proceedings or attempts to bring it out to the U.S. for legal matters related to the case. So, yeah, you know, it, that's that's CZ, man. They're trying to come after him. We got some more news. You know, we're going to talk some more about CZ. You know, because you have Justin Sun right here that's just setting up scams after scam after scam. Everything that he's touching is getting hacked, quote unquote. You know, it's quote unquote hacked. You know, everything that he's been touching. So, um, so like I said, U.S. prosecutors don't want Binance found its easy child to leave the country before his uh, February sentencing date. While CZ's former best friend forever, Justin Sun, appears well aware that his neck could be next on the legal chocolate lock. On Wednesday, federal prosecutors filed a motion with the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington, arguing that CZ should not be permitted to return to his residence in Dubai before his sentencing in February 23rd. I told you, prosecutors, well, they, 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 you know, dirty dogs, man. You know, prosecutors aren't asking for CZ to stay in the U.S. prison cell until February Merely that he not be permitted to leave the country. They argue that CZ poses a major flight risk, given his his significant assets, his strong ties to the UAE, and the government's inability to extradite him from the UAE. During his court appearance on Tuesday, CZ posted a $175 million bond appearance, appearance bond secured by $15 million in cash. Damn. <laughs> Damn, y'all. Uh, $15 million? $15 million in cash? I just gotta take a second to uh, soak that shit in. Fifteen million in cash, and additional funds, property, but up to a few guarantors. But prosecutors are arguing that the that the bulk of CZ's vast fortune is located outside the U.S. and would be difficult to seize should CZ do a runner. Y'all really think this man is going to run, man? This man sat here and said. This man sit here and said he ain't never been in trouble before. He was kind of nervous and scared about going into the courtroom. He wanted to show up. He wanted to get this stuff over with. And y'all think that this man really going to run? He just wants this stuff to get behind him. Y'all really doing the most, man. These prosecutors, they they really full of shit. Dude. They're really doing the most. And I really, I really kind of feel bad for CZ because I feel like he was set up, man. You know, I feel like that it, he was set up and it was a corporate takeover by the next guy who's about to run because he could be more of a puppet. And we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. All right, so uh, back to CZ, man. So CZ is expected to face a prison sentence of at least 18 months, and most observers believe CZ is getting off extremely lightly, given the extent of Binance criminality. As such, it's hard to see why CZ would want to jeopardize a good thing. But prosecutors argue that it, with CZ having a partner and three kids in Dubai, he could have a change of heart as that sentencing day draws closer. Prosecutors also noted that America is no former, has no formal extradition treaty with the United, Emir uh, the United Arab Emirates or the UAE. So, like, come on, man. That he, he's, he's not a flight risk. He's not going anywhere. He's not doing any, any of that stuff, okay? He's not doing. He's not gonna go anywhere. Like y'all gotta, y'all they, they gotta chill on that shit, man. They gotta chill on that shit, like for real. They got. They need to chill. They need to take a chill pill. 
They need to take a chill pill. I don't. I can't believe that they actually, um, you know, trying to trying to trying to do that to that man like that, which is crazy, you know. And we're gonna get into some of this right here, you know, because I do got have a video that we're going to show. The Justice Department I, I wanted to show you guys guilty uh, this guy right here, from the world's you know, the assholes, what I call them, you know, everybody in the Biden administration, finance. So, and from know, its we're founder, go ahead and, and, and get into get into it real quick. Uh, get into the video. So to announce. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get into the video and hear what he got to say. If the Justice Department has secured felony guilty pleas from the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Binance, and from its founder and CEO, Changpeng Zhao, also known as CZ, separate from the criminal enforcement actions, the Justice Department is announcing today, Secretary Yellen and Chairman Benham will also announce civil regulatory enforcement actions and the Treasury Department and the, that the Treasury Department and the CFTC are taking against Binance. While criminal and civil enforcement actions are subject to different legal standards, this collective effort represents the whole of government approach that we are taking to combat corporate crime. Binance has agreed to plead guilty to willfully violating the Bank Secrecy Act knowingly failing to register as a money transmitting business and willfully violating the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. These laws ensure that our financial institutions are not available to designated terrorist organizations, drug traffickers, and sanctioned nation states that threaten public safety and our national security. The Justice Department is requiring Binance to pay $4.3 billion in penalties and forfeitures. This is one of the largest penalties we have ever obtained from a corporate defendant in a criminal matter. The Justice Department is also imposing a monitorship as well as reporting requirements on Binance as part of today's resolution. Moving forward, Binance must file the suspicious activity reports that were required by law. The company is required to review past transactions and report suspicious activity to federal authorities. This will advance our criminal investigations into malicious cyber activity and terrorism fundraising, including the use of cryptocurrency exchanges to support groups such as Hamas. While this historic plea is an important measure of accountability, we know that corporations I just wanted to point out real quick, you see how they try to to really Only make an example of these the individuals like, who they really trying to make it seem like this man you know was some type of agent in the betting terrorists you know, the United States Treasury he didn't break Jane any Peng type Zhao of willfully violating the Bank Secrecy Act as CEO of Binance Zhao willfully violated federal law that requires financial institutions to guard against money laundering and terrorist financing. Zhao, who resides, resides outside of the United States, entered his plea in person in the United States District Court for the Western District of Washington. All right, now let's get back to some more news. We got here, has BlackRock killed, uh, has BlackRock killed by nights? And here's what the crypto community speculates. So remember earlier when I told y'all that about the speculation about them, um, you know, uh, 
you know, pretty much uh, they had something to do with all this stuff. So that's that's the other thing, you know, is kind of where it comes from. Um, you know, the guy that's next, the guy that has that's that's taking his place. You know, it's kind of iffy on, on on that. You know, when you look at the things like and what he's into and who he's associated with and stuff like that, then you kind of get to, you know, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? And that that's not what you want, and, and that's not really what you want to deal with that. So it's like, um, has BlackRock killed Binance? Here's what the crypto community speculates. In a significant development in the cryptocurrency sector, CZ, a well-known Binance Bitcoin supporter, and co-founder Binance has resigned from his role as CEO. This this decision follows a protracted dispute between the United States Department of Justice and Binance, leading the cryptocurrency exchange regarding daily trading volume and user base. The DOJ alleges that Binance and CZ willfully neglected regulations on anti-money laundering, noting that 17% of the platform's customers are based in the United States. So, you know, like I said again, BS. This revelation has caused substantial turmoil in the cryptocurrency market, increasing volatility in Bitcoin and other digital assets. A surge in on-chain activity has marked the aftermath of this high-profile case due to the prevailing uncertainty among crypto traders. CZ's departure is expected to undermine confidence in Binance, particularly when digital assets of Web3 are gaining traction among institutions and retail investors. And this is one reason why... You know, everybody is saying you know, they needed to get him out of the way because he wasn't one of the ones part of the game. And, uh, you know, Binance being the number one uh, exchange, cryptocurrency exchange, if they could get control over that and rest of that control from him, then, you know, then you could see uh, a lot of things happening. Um, you can see crypto, you're going to see crypto moving forward now that he stepped down because they have control over Binance. And so they have an exchange that they have control over, one of the largest exchange. And so now you'll start to see all these laws going past, these ETFs and all these things going on because they had to get rid of CZ. You know, CZ was like the last of the Mohicans. He was the, um, you know, he, he was uh, Braveheart. He was the guy in, in the movie The Patriot. He was Mel Gibson in The Patriot, you know, as far as crypto came, you know, as far as crypto stood about. So... CZ stepping down has, has certainly sparked mixed reactions, encapsulating the prevailing fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the crypto community. Despite this, the support for CZ on various platforms, including X, highlights the significant growth of the crypto industry. Looking forward, the new CEO of Binance, Richard Ting, has expressed a commitment to ensuring the company's longevity. And this right here is important right here because, yeah, he is WEF. He's World Economic Forum, okay? You know, the guy is World Economic Forum, and he is, is you know, Klaus Schwab wouldn't all over him. He emphasized the importance of collaborating with regulators and other industry stakeholders. And this is Richard Tang right here, all right? This is Richard Tang. This is the guy that's going to replace CZ at Binance. He's a WEF player. He is a Klaus Schwab lackey. He emphasized the importance of collaborating with regulators and other industry stakeholders to foster the continued growth and adoption of Web3 technologies. Industry analysts speculate that this incident might be a strategic move to pave the way for a more regulated and mature cryptocurrency market in the United States. 
Some believe that CZ's decision to step down and accept legal responsibility could be a sacrifice to foster the growth of cryptocurrency in the market. BlackRock's influence, a new era in crypto. Now remember, BlackRock was filing all these ETFs, right? So you remember that they, they, them, the Cassie Wood, Ark Investment, MicroStrategies, all these filing all these ETFs are getting denied by the uh, SEC. Now you got to remember, the way the and United States work, everything CEO, gets smoked and mirrors, right? Everything smoking mirrors. So you, they'll tell you one thing, actions, and it's actually not today. that thing at all. So you have to understand that, that um, you know, they're setting you up, or, you know, right while you're watching the right hand, you're not seeing what the left hand is doing. So they're having BlackRock and all these while they're trying to apply for the ETFs. They have their boy Gary Gensler denying them until the time is right. And the time is right we by them taking, uh, taking over in one of the major exchanges. They tried to take over Coinbase. They tried to take over XRP. They weren't successful. But they were successful with taking over Binance and CZ. Okay, so that's what it's all about. It's about control, man. It's about having... Um, they, they were locked out, okay? They were locked out. The, the uh, traditional financial market, the big players, they were locked out of the market. And they, they, they were trying to take over one of the already established exchanges. Uh, they had FTX. Uh, with Sam Bateman free, but then that fell apart and fell loose, and then that left them with Coinbase and with Binance. And so, you know, with Coinbase, you know, being an American company and it's already fighting in this case, and them, you know, fighting legally and pretty much being clean, uh, they went after Binance and CZ. So that's what, what that's what you see going on. All right, so back to the article, and we'll uh, get back. So this guy, Richard Ting, right here, is now the new. Uh, the next man up at Binance, but like I said, he is a WEF lackey, and I'm going to show you that he's a WWF lackey um, real quick. I'm going to show you that because here he is on the World Economic Forum. Who is that? Richard Ting, right? It says Richard joined Abu Dhabi Global Marketing in March 2015. He is responsible for and oversees the development and administration of the financial services regulatory and supervisory framework for ADGM to promote a fair, open, and transparent financial market. With more than two decades of regulatory leadership and capital markets experience in the financial industry, Richard joined ADGM from the Singapore Exchange, where he was a regulatory chief officer. Right? So, they don't want to put anything about him being uh, with Lulu, uh, which also is, is, has a connection with Ripple. So, he has a connection with Ripple, too, as well, because he was on the board at Lulu, when Ripple uh, made the, made the um, you know, hooked up with them, all right? And this, the article's going to go into this too as well, all right? Uh, amidst this turmoil, there is a sense of optimism that the cryptocurrency market's future. Some analysts predict that the resolution of these legal issues and the potential introduction of ETFs could trigger the most significant bull market in crypto history. It can because when gold ETF came out, gold skyrocketed up has been going up ever since. This shift could begin a new era dominated by major financial institutions like BlackRock and Vanguard. The crypto community is witnessing a pivotal moment with the downfall of Binance CEO and the reshaping of the market's landscape. Exactly. And that's just, that they said a mouthful right here. With the downfall of Binance CEO and the reshaping of the market's landscape. Because that's exactly what it's doing. Like you said, now you're going to see the institutions coming. You're going to see the money flowing. You're going to see the trillions of dollars flowing in now. While the full implications of these developments are yet to unfold, they undoubtedly signal a significant shift in the cryptocurrency world. 
potentially ushering in an era of increased regulation, institutional involvement, and market maturity, right? So again, on the World Economic Forum website, right? So this guy is not playing around. Um, he's on that. He's he's part of the club, man. You know, he is a part of the club. He he is a part of the club. Okay, so what do we have up here next? Next we have Hester Pierce, SEC Commissioner on Spot Bitcoin ETFs. No reason to block. Well, 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 well. Now it's no reason to block the ETFs, right? And this article came out November 22nd. It's like a day after CZ was, you know, um, not sentenced, but uh, it came out that CZ was found guilty. So, see how the cards fall? See how these people work? See how they do? They don't do anything just straight out and fair and square. It's always a hidden hand. It's this right here, okay? You got my hand right there and, and my other hand behind your back. You know what I'm saying? You're not seeing what my left hand doing while you're watching this hand. It's like, watch this hand, watch this hand, watch this hand while that left hand is is doing something else so that's exactly what's going on and so let's get into this right here let's get into this etf all right let's see what he says sec's has to peer support spot coin spot bitcoin etf and hopes for less litigation and establishing crypto regulation Pierce confirmed that every application is being judged on its own specific fit of facts and circumstances but said she sees no reason for the sec to deny bitcoin etf on the stock market the commissioner also mentioned that the SEC might slow down on pursuing legal proceedings as the only way to establish crypto regulations, and she's actively advocating the agency to use other means of pursuing regulatory actions. BlackRock and Grayscale have also reportedly met with the SEC to discuss the Bitcoin ETF applications. The SEC still has, to, has 8 to 10 ETF applications to decide which will have the major impact on the crypto market if approved. Right? So... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what they're trying to do. That's exactly what they're trying to do. So, it's Kathy Wood dumped 700,000 GBTC shares in one month. And she made some interesting comments, too, about um, Mr. Gensler that I'm going to play here, too. Actually, here in a minute after we get to this article, she made some comments about Gary Gensler. It was kind of interesting, and I kind of agree with. Um, so I'm going to play her comments here in a second, and uh, we'll see, you know, let you guys hear exactly what she said after this article. Kathy Wood's investment firm, ARK Invest, sold 700,000 shares of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust over the past month. Even as Bitcoin hit 17-month highs over excitement, uh, highs over excitement for, for a possible spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. The ARC Next Generation Internet sold uh, 36,106 GBTC shares on November 22nd, offloading a total of 697,768 GBTC shares this October 23rd. ARC offloaded roughly 1 million in GBTC as Grayscale's uh, trust traded around $30 on November 22nd, closing at $30.50 per Google Finance data. United States markets closed at November 23rd for Thanksgiving, right? After selling nearly 700,000 GBTC shares over the past month, ARK still holds 131.8 million worth of GBTC, or more than 4.3 million GBTC shares. As of November 24th, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust accounts for 9.2% of ARKW's portfolio. 
ranked third after Coinbase and Roku, according to to the uh, Arc data. So yeah, it says meanwhile Bitcoin is up 125 percent year to date. And neared 38,000 on November 16th, which is starting to head up that way again. And so, um, yeah, she's selling her, her grayscale Bitcoin uh, trust uh, shares. You know, why would she be doing that? You know, why would she be doing that? That's something that we, you know, that you watch. She's one of the main ones to talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. But I want to get into her comments that she said. So let me go ahead and queue these up, queue up the comments real quick. And see exactly what she said. Show you guys and uh, show you Hangout Game exactly what was said by Miss Kathy Wood. Get it ready. There we go. All right. So let's I go ahead and see what Miss Kathy Wood had to say. Taught, he understands, Kathy. He's got enough. Not, not many people do. Uh, a lot of people don't have enough knowledge about how it works yes. to make an informed decision about Bitcoin. He taught at MIT about, so he understands yes, he that it's not a Ponzi scheme or a beanie baby. Right. So there has to be something else. Well, I, I don't know what it is. I have wondered. There's speculation that he's interested in the Treasury Secretary position at some point. What does the Treasury Protecting Secretary Protecting fiat from the government? I mean, it's it, very it, focused on. I don't know. I don't understand it myself because he definitely he understands. He understands. So it's, yep. it, there's something yeah, else. Yeah, tell him. Okay, but, that, but how much? Like and so I kind of agree with it. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Uh, I, I think he does have some political ambitions. I think that's why he's making everything so difficult and so hard, being such an ass about everything, being such a Grinch. So, uh, but we'll see. They say that, you know, January, it will be the time that it will be approved. We'll see that. So we shall see. We'll see what it has. Uh, see what next month has in store. We'll see what January has in store. It could be a surprise announcement. It could be something else. Um, you know, so we shall see. We shall see. Uh, next up. We have some rumors about the XRP buyback. I wanted to bring that to you guys by XRP. We have a lot of XRP army on this channel and in our groups, as well as me, a part of the XRP army. And so I wanted to bring some XRP news, as always, because we have to bring some XRP news, right? So this was the article I was going to bring to you guys, which shows about Mr. Ting being connected to the Ripple. And so how was he connected to Ripple? Through Ripple Lulu and the Lulu Financial Holdings. Right, so we have right here, uh, the article right here where it says the connection, you know, written by Gamza, uh, the CEO connection to Ripple and XRP uncovered. So he was a uh, on the board of Lulu Financial. Lulu Financial did a deal with Ripple and they're in partnership with them right now. And, you know, for cross-border blockchain money transfers. Okay, and they uh, have the link from Singapore, which he was the monetary authority of Singapore, where he spent a decade uh, before leaving Binance Singapore. And Ripple secured a license to operate in Singapore uh, in October of this year. So you see the connection right and everything um, going on there as well. He's WEF, so you see things falling into place. And exactly. so. There is little rumors that are going around um, that, that the XRP buyback uh, is going to happen in Stellar, right? Um, 
So, um, don't want to play that one. Want to play this one? We have this pairing, right here from or Ripple will lose the lawsuit, field. even though we know they've actually technically already won it back in October of 2021. And so it's going to help to shake XRP Army awake from fantasizing about their half million to one million dollar buyback pricing. To me, XRP seems to be one of Jen McCaleb's brilliant baits to trap the cabal while slowly teaching people about the ISO 2022 standards and blockchains while shielding Stellar from the masses since we all know that the real ninja is where everything is moving to. Are you able to comment on this by chance? And so he replied, we, um, let's see, okay. To address your question, while I cannot give away all the goods, I will share that XRP was never meant to be the final system. Jed knew exactly what would happen, where it would lead to. Does anyone actually think Jed doesn't know who was running the show before it even entering the game? And guys, remember, if you did not know beforehand, Jed started both XRP and Stellar. So this guy is the mastermind behind everything, regardless of Brad Garlinghouse or David Schwartz. They're just puppets in Jed's game right now. And then he goes on to say, in many ways, you can think of XRP as a canary. What happens to XRP needs to happen in order for XLM to cement its place without opposition from those wishing to see it fail. XRP will not undergo a buyback in USD value. Let me repeat that. XRP will not undergo a buyback in USD value. Care to guess why it will not be USD. However, it will be automatically swapped for its appreciative value, uh, sorry, appreciated value once the global system upgrade is complete and XRP has served its purpose. Which again, guys, XRP's purpose is collateralization, meaning bringing it over into the Stellar ecosystem. So I'm, I'm now talking about um, a screenshot from back in October of 2021 because I want people to see exactly what Canary means. If you have studied technology Here's part two, right? Box. It's the test ground, the playground. Um, so it's like it's like a big ecosystem for the beta test. That way you don't mess up the real system. So what Indus Payments developer is saying is XRP is a canary, is a beta test, even though it's been playing in the real world system because they've been beta testing every single thing in order to bring it into Stellar. Again, he's confirming that XRP is a red herring, guys. So we've always had more than we've ever known. <laughs> meltdown, meltdown. I'm sorry, I have to say meltdown. So yeah, this, that's the newest rumor that's, that's circulating around. Uh, that's the newest rumor that's circulating around about the uh, XRP buyback, right? But you know, everybody knows XRP and Ripple go hand in hand. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Okay, so look, Western Union isn't going to go out of business anytime soon. They're going to adopt different technologies. Okay, but this is where the big money is. It's not in remittances. It's in these business-to-business payments across border, and that's why we have these kinds of companies like Ripple and Stellar. This is all about right business-to-business back-end big-volume transactions, which are currently you know very expensive. So if we look at the payment system, they're not sitting at the like you know you're sending money back to your uncle, right? It is right at the bank level. So the banks are making transactions with other banks. Now, nothing's changed here. You're still doing something like correspondent banking, except now 
because the data needs to move around more quickly than the money moves around, right? we can settle these things more quickly. So the difference between a Bitcoin and a Ripple, in a nutshell, again, not too much time to elaborate, is that what Bitcoin uses is an open, permissionless, digital, I mean, distributed ledger system right, where anybody can jump in and, and do a transaction. Right? That's kind of the beauty of it. I can go buy Bitcoin, you can go buy Bitcoin. We don't need to ask anybody's permission, and there's no middleman that can you know, accept or deny, approve or reject. It's distributed the consensus around validating these transactions. What's different about systems like Ripple and most of the blockchain systems that will prevail is that they are permissioned, meaning that you have to be you know, a member, and membership has its privileges. And so you have these different nodes, and the nodes basically know one another. Okay? And then if I want to give money to my uncle back in, in, you know, uh, in, in France, let's say, then I have to go to one of these banks that are a member of the Ripple network, and then my uncle will go to one of these banks that's a member of the Ripple network, and then those banks will do their transacting through this distributed ledger. So that's the use case of Ripple, as you can see. And uh, Rohit Koo uh, posted that right there. And so that's, that's big. That's why everybody's, uh, you know, I've been collecting Ripple for the XRP for the last couple of years. All right. Um, now, before we head out, I wanted to, uh, I found another video. Uh, everybody's so bullish on Bitcoin now. Um, I wanted you guys to see this video as well. And I wanted you guys to uh, watch this along with me. This video is interesting. Go ahead and get this queued up real quick. I want y'all to listen to this guy right here. Listen to what he has to say. You've been, you've been operating your Bitcoin fund still, Yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yep. Still, um, still involved in Bitcoin every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never stops. Um, but it's been, um, it's been an interesting year. You know, I mean, in the last year, we've had gone from everything from FTX to now all of a sudden Argentina, potentially, you know, they've elected a pro-Bitcoin president. So the momentum and sentiment has changed dramatically in that part. And then not to mention all the, the potential Bitcoin ETF filings that are still in the wings here. Right. So where do you see, you know, you don't have a price target necessarily on Bitcoin. Yeah. But what are you thinking in terms of so, where you are now? So there's a couple things. We know in the past that Bitcoin has had these two-year cycles that are generally centered around the happening. And so we have another happening coming up in April. And I'm not one of those people that thinks the happening is the actual catalyst, but it's one of those sentiment things that all of a sudden now you have a reduction in supply. Couple that with the fact that we have the Federal Reserve that is likely done for some time being of, of raising rates. If not, we don't think they're going to go to 10 percent. Maybe they go to five and a half, right? And then the second part of that is we now have these ETF filings. So for the first time ever, just like the gold ETF, you're going to have retail investors, not that they couldn't buy it before, but now registered investment advisors. Your Morgan Stanley wealth manager can allocate to this. And so that's what's got the market excited about this new ETF. All right, Beeks, you just named a bunch of catalysts for the Bitcoin to keep going higher. What do you think the core is? You know, is it just digital gold, uh, you know, versus like we often hear lots of folks come on and just say they should be allocated to that. You know, we've had the dollar come in and obviously Bitcoin has been trading pretty yeah. well with that. What's the core thesis right now? If you've missed out this run over the 
last year, and sentiment was really bad a year right. ago at this time, and now it's up, what, 200% or so. Why should people be allocating low single digits percentage of their investable capital to Bitcoin right now? So I think the easiest way to think about it is digital gold. If you have a portfolio and you've got some of it that you want allocated to gold, and let's call that for inflation reasons, you're worried about the dollar or whatever your currency is going lower, you want to have some kind of hedge against that. All right, as you can see, a lot of people are bullish on Bitcoin and crypto. The crypto markets are going good. And, you know, millionaires are going to be made in this bull market. Millionaires are going to be created big time. Um, you know, the halving is coming up. You don't have that much longer. It'll be, I think it is uh, April of 2023, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, yeah, those things going on. Uh, that's going to cause a bull market. You're going to have a lot of adoption, a lot of institutional investors, lots of institutional uh, adoption that's going to happen, and a lot of money going to be made. It's going to be trillions and trillions of flowing in. Um, make sure that you're not into shit coins. Make sure that you're in some, into the good quality coins. If you don't know about any coins, we do a Coin Hunter series, and we're going to start those back up. Uh, we have the broadcast uh, live every Sunday. We broadcast 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. If you missed the broadcast, you can see the replay on Spotify or iTunes, um, as well as uh, I think we're, the old ones will be on YouTube, but the uh, I don't think we're going to keep the new ones up on YouTube. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, that came to a decision yet. We might we might keep, keep them up on YouTube, uh, the replays up. Um, but every the live broadcast will be every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time where we talk crypto news and just hang out, chill out, man, and vibe. Look at some of the charts and go over some of the day's news. You know, if you like the content that I provide for you guys, if you like all the content that I provide and bring to you guys, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button, hit that bell notification, and go ahead and tell a friend. It's free. I'll be trying to grow the channel. And, trying to promote the channel and, and grow the channel, trying to get the goal of 500 subscribers uh, and then eventually 1,000 subscribers and beyond. Uh, but as you can see, we're constantly growing and we're trying to get more people into the live stream and get interactive. Um, so until the next video, until the next live stream, next Sunday, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Remember, set your calendar, uh, set your, set your uh, reminder on YouTube, set your reminder on your phone, tell a friend, and check out the videos that we post throughout the week. All right, Crypto Crane signing out. Peace.